All right, I'm excited because I was blown away in this episode because I think oftentimes I come to the show with the anticipation of maybe where the direction of the content could come from or lead to. And this one was really around that mind-body piece, the health and wellness piece, because she is a, a coach in that regard. But we learned so much more about the crises that she went through, the struggles, the, the loss associated to her father. And one thing that I just think is going to really speak to a broken, isolated nation is the conversation of atheism and being an agnostic and how God actually got a hold of her in such a massive way, speaking directly to her multiple times and leading her to the space and place that she is now to be able to share and testify on this show. And so I'm grateful that God showed up and even deposited to her within an hour of showing up. She said afterwards, she's like, God's like, you're going to preach for the next hour. So she was taking notes and preparing her heart because our show does that. We welcome in the Holy Spirit and I could feel his presence so uh, just powerfully. And so I hope that you get connected with April. She has aprillikens.com. She is wellness with April on Facebook and glow be lovely on Instagram. And so be sure to connect in the show notes. Leave us a review of how this touched you, how it was impactful, because Lord knows it was impactful to me and just a reminder of how I need to stay in all of my health, not just my physicality or my mentality, but also my spirituality and that he can use anyone and he will use your story as leverage to grow and expand his kingdom and truth of who he is. And so April, thanks for being here and you guys. Oh, by the way, halfway through the show, you're going to want to take notes because she goes through this framework that's going to blow your mind on things that you can do and apply to your right now if you're dealing with any of the struggles that I mentioned prior to. So again, April, you rock. Thanks, girl. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie-cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. All right, all right. You guys are at the Fit and Faith podcast again, live and in action. And we are so excited to have today's guest on. April Lincolns is someone that is going to blow your mind with her testimony, uh, with her energy, with her love and her light. And it's going to come from a place of the Lord, um, but it wasn't always that easy. And so I'm excited to learn about that story. April, April, welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast. Hi, Tamara. Thank you so much for having me. I felt like I, it was like a little dance party intro. Yes, awesome. always in the back yeah. room, in the green room. <laughs> and I love that we figured out we're both in Virginia. I know. Y'all, she lives in Lynchburg, which is awesome. I've got family right there. And that's where Liberty University is. If you live here, you know. Um, and so I'm excited to just hear how, how did you get there? Is that where you're from, born and raised? 
Uh, nope, lived in Northern Virginia. Um, okay. Until I was about nine, ten, and then moved here. Okay, yeah, so it's quite amazing. amazing. It is, is, especially to the city life, to the farm girl life, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. And so you've studied at Duke Integrative Medicine, and you are a board-certified health and wellness coach. But um, I love titles, but I don't like titles at all. One, because I can put you in a pocket, and two, because God has yep. more expansion for you. And so I want to know kind of about that transition, and, and what was your life like prior to even exploring where you are now? Yeah. So I, you know, as we were talking, chatting before, you know, I was a, I'm a former agnostic who leaned atheist for a lot of my life, a turn Christ follower. So God has an amazing sense of humor and, and it's just amazing how he works in our lives and pursues us even when we want nothing to do with them. So mm, that's, that's, that's a four. Well, we can end the show right now because that yeah. is true. That is necessary. And I think it's a four time conversation. I'd love to explore that a little bit before you go into the other realms of your identity yeah. and, and talk to us through like why agnostic, why atheist, like what was going on in your life where you didn't even sense like the presence of the Lord or didn't have information or education around yeah. it. That's a really great question. So I grew up in a house with two religions and, um, and I, I won't name them in that just today, but yeah, um, sure. it, it, was, it was kind of a war of who was, who was going to raise the kids, what sort of thing too. And it was a huge battle and, and all, was up until my dad's death. And so that was, that created a lot of hypocrisy, you know, in the home. And then of course, growing up in the Bible belt, you know, I saw a lot of hypocrisy too. And so I kind of had it from both angles. And it really, for me, you know, so I, 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 I just, though I was, I grew up in church, so to speak, um, I had never really seen it walked out with authenticity too. And so I kind of had to get to a place of, um, crashing and burning and, and to actually be at a place to want to look up and look at God. But, you know, I, um, kind of walked away from, from God 18 on and then studied world religions, got into Buddhism for a while. I actually really liked Buddhism because it's got some Christian tenets to it in the underlying foundations. But at the end of the day, you get to be your own God sort of thing. And, um, and so I kind of leaned uh, Buddhist for a while and until God finally got a hold of me. But it what was, was that? What was that experience like? Where you're like, okay, it's it's no longer if it, or when or where, but like an assurance to it. Well, it was a process for me. Like yeah. I said, you know, so being a Christian was like never my to do list. I mean, I was hostile to to Christians, to organized religions, all that. I mean, I'd spit nails at you if you tried to talk to me about God. I was not having it. And so, how interesting! Um, yeah, I was, yeah, I'd rip you a new one. I mean, I was not going there. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> yeah, I was like Paul in a nutshell. I very much relate to Paul and, and Peter, both of them, yep. very much in that. And so, like I said, I just, it was a series of things going on within my relationship with my husband. We weren't married at the time. And then my dad dying of cancer. And it was, it was just, you know, layers of trying to do things on my own and carrying that book bag, you know, that got heavier and heavier and weightier and weightier over the years. And it, it was the two of those things at once that simultaneously, I just couldn't carry it anymore. And so I, I, that's when I walked back to, into church, my sister yeah. invited me in. And um, it was pretty cool. I, I actually heard God speak to me before 
even becoming a believer. So I walked into that church and he said very loudly, you're home. And my first thought was, oh my gosh, I've gone crazy. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> like I'm hearing voices. Like what the heck? You know, that was like the first like millisecond thought. But then I, um, I knew who had said that even as an unbeliever because of such turmoil growing up in, with family life. You know, I always kind of felt like an orphan, always felt like, you know, I, I could be in a room full of people and I would still feel alone. And God is the only one that knew that. So when he said you're home, I knew exactly who had spoken even as an unbeliever. And then I just gradually started, started coming, seeing people that had things that, that I didn't have, you know, and, um, and eventually I gave my life to Christ and it's wow. been, been a journey and exciting, exciting journey ever since. That is incredible. And I think you started the story in a place that can still be a conversation that people are wrestling with at this point, which is Mm -hmm. that concept of hypocrisy connected to religion, uh, world religions of all sorts, but even within Christianity and like Mm -hmm. denominational sectors. And I was at a retreat recently with some women and we were all sharing our stories and just like showing the love of the Lord and the fruit of the Lord that had been transpired in our, our different walks of life. And And it was her turn to share. And she just very boldly and almost like with anger was like, where have you all been hiding my whole life? Why are you hiding under a rock? And she, again, grew up organized religion, lives in our backyard. And it's to think for a couple of things, I was immediately convicted, like, whoa, I'm not being a very good neighbor if this person feels like they've been isolated. And two, another reminder of the fact that even in the church, that's where a lot of isolation and hypocrisy are taking place, that it's hard for people to even experience God or the Holy Spirit in that space. And so it's really interesting that you had that that growth, and yet it's something that still is transpiring. So you have such an empathetic lens towards it. I do. And I'm, you know, I'm sensitive to talking about my faith too, at times too, because I see both sides and I get like the hostile side, you know, in that and, you know, being able to speak, um, speak about it when it, when, when God's prompting and it's, you know, the timing is right in that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting too, because like, as you probably stepped in that space, were you the concept of sanctification or or becoming Christ-like or concept Mm -hmm. of being convicted and wanting to lay down some of the ways of the world versus the ways of what God would have you do or act or say, how has that journey been? It's been a wild ride, you know, in yeah. that, you know, it's, you know, following God, there's never, uh, there's never a blueprint, right? You know, he's, yeah. he doesn't tell you what like the next 10 years, 20 years are going to look like. And, yeah. and I think, I know for me and how I'm wired, I'm thankful that he doesn't because, yeah. you know, I think I'd freak out <laughs> if, yeah. if I knew kind of what he was up to all at once. You know, it's that little stretch, little yeah. by little in that, and that having that de- dependence on him too in it. But it's, you know, it's been cool because there's so much in my story and my background and that, yeah. you know, I used to pre-Christ really feel like, woe is me? Oh my gosh, I've been through all this stuff. But then I came to Christ and I was like, man, this is an asset. This is amazing that I have all this stuff in my background because you can put just about any woman in front of me. And I'm like, I understand. I understand what you're going through. And yes. I think that's really powerful. Well, and I think that's when God is always talking about the fact that he can use all things for yep. him. Right. And so to be able to have that and a part of what you were sharing, even in the loss and the experience of, of losing your father, 
having um, a marriage that was kind of in shambles towards that specific religion divide is massive. And, and now even I'd love to hear a bit more about like the nutritional side or the the, um, dietary lens or the integrative medicine lens, like how has that been playing out in your personal life while growing in the midst of all these other stories happening and unfolding? Yeah. And that was a kind of a, a series of events too. And it was, you know, it was when it was way back when my dad was first diagnosed with cancer that I really started looking into all of this stuff because I was I was devastated when he got that diagnosis. I was in my early 20s and our relationship had just kind of been repaired. And so, you know, then he gets this diagnosis. And I'm like, I was just totally devastated. But I was really motivated to figure it out and figure out, you know, what is what's going on that there's so there's been such an exponential rise and all this, you know, disease and things, things happening, you know, and that's when I started diving into all that stuff. And once you see it and you learn it, you can't like unlearn it. So yeah. together, Which is a um, good thing. And like, oh man, sometimes yeah. I just want to eat the bad stuff, right. Or do the bad thing. Yeah. So I was really, you know, motivated to help prolong his life. And so he and I, you know, revamped our diets and lifestyle together. And I really believe that that helped to prolong his life too, with some of those changes in that. And then um, I had a health collapse, a major health collapse a couple years after he died. And that kind of started the chain reaction of kind of where I am now, but it was, it was a pretty wild collapse. How um, was that like a part of your rock bottom or that was in the midst of knowing? I was a believer. So I became a believer at 28. He died when I was 30. So I was a believer at that time and and still growing in Christ. But um, I was, you know, there was a lot of things going on. So it was a lot of it was just kind of burning the candle at both ends. You know, so I wasn't, um, you know, taking care of myself. I was working, you know, really late, crazy hours, not working out consistently, not eating healthy. And it and I think that chronic stress just really took a toll on it, on my body and my health collapse. So I went in, it was, it happened actually during a, we were on vacation at the Caribbean uh, during one of the biggest mosquito outbreaks, second to Zika. And so I went into that vacation, like in the best shape of my life, shredded top of my career, come back. I can't get up. I can't think straight. I can't finish my sentences. I don't understand what you're saying to me. I've got neuropathy. I'm laying in bed, shaking, twitching. I can't function. I mean, it was uh, they later figured out I had encephalitis and a lot of other things too, but it was, it was a really devastating time for me because I ended up seeing probably 30 different doctors. So cardiologists, regular doctors, Lyme doctors, you know, um, hematologists. I mean, everybody's scrambling, trying to figure out what the heck is, you know, going on with me for it to be that drastic of a collapse. And, um, and I just felt like the longer it went on, you know, the, the more hopeless I started to feel. And it honestly, it wasn't until a friend connected me to a health coach that it, you know, that it just changed my life. I started working with her and she was, she had been through a very similar experience in her own life. And she had had a health class and, and a health coach and an integrated practitioner in California changed her life. And so she was fiercely for me when we were working together. And I'd never seen that in healthcare. I mean, she was like, we're going to get through this. We're going to have a plan. And she was just, you know, on, on my side, hundred percent. And that was so different. And that kind of got my wheels turning, but it was still years of, you know, just helping people with health and wellness. And people would say, oh, you should be a health coach. And I just laugh and say that I didn't go to school for that initially. Like, I'm good. Thanks. I'll, I'll help you with whatever sort of thing too. And it, and it, um, and I just finally one day felt like 
I had given away so much power to um, all of these other doctors trying to figure things out. And I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll take a class and, you know, and figure it out myself sort of thing. And I just fell in love and it kind of was a series of things. It's amazing. I think I think through that realm of of coach and a lot mm-hmm. of people, especially in the the health collapse concepts, you think doctors are the only answer in that regard. Mm-hmm. And so to have someone who was in that mindset and had had something like that walk through their own life, I'm thinking through a bunch of women specifically who I know have gone through similar things and are stepping mm-hmm. into the coaching career for themselves. And how powerful it is, one, to have that empathy factor, Mm -hmm. and two, to know that there are alternative resources outside of just the traditional medicinal realm Mm -hmm. that we are exposed to and kind of like catered into and and, and, and not in a healthy way. It's just like, this is what you have to do. I remember even going in and having my daughter have to... um, to get her, you know, checkup, her annual checkup right before she started school and and knowing before I walked in the door that it was her vaccines. And I was like, I don't want to get, I don't want her to have these. And I already had been like discontent with it. I knew I was settled on this decision. And by the time that the conversation ended, I felt like I was being forced into doing it, did it and felt immediate remorse. And I am not pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine. So don't let this change like political conversation, but it's the knowing that there should never be something that's outside of like your own sense of gut instinct Mm -hmm. and your own ability to research and have information given to you that you feel comfortable and confident in and trying. But having someone who's an advocate, both sides of the spectrum, I think is so, so critical. So I'm grateful that people can now come to you, right, for that experience. Definitely. Yeah. And then it's been a journey the last few years. It was like in 2020, God um, really spoke that Isaiah 43 verse over me where he said, you know, he's going to do something new. Do I do I see it? You know, and then he later said, you know, I'm going to help. I'm going to use your story to help thousands of people. And I remember thinking, okay, that's interesting. (laughs) You know, like, I don't know what that means. I'm not going to think about that too much. That sounds scary. And, um, but then in my, in my human mind, I was like, well, he's probably just going to want me to write some more blog posts for him or something. You know, like I I got that covered, not realizing like it would take me down the podcast route and some of these other way outside of my comfort zone. Yes. But it is, it's incredible because I know so many people who are struggling in this realm in almost every part of the conversation that we're having at this point, but also knowing that there is this culture that is just in a cycle around deteriorating health. And a lot Mm -hmm. of the times they don't parallel stress or overwhelm or um, any of these other burnout conversations connected to their health. They just associate it to the speed at which they're living or the workload at which they're living in. And to know that it's actually taking a massive toll on their bodies is a whole, you know, another realm and depth that they need to touch base with. And
I really talk a lot in the Fit and Faith podcast um, at the beginning of this show uh, four years ago about the mind-body-soul integration and the critical element of alignment in that. Can you talk to us through like what your revelations have been in that regard after walking through it and then studying it? Yeah, well, it's it's just all interconnected. And I think science is now showing that too, that you know, they used to think that they were all separate things and that, you know, and I describe it kind of like a computer, you know, and that the body can take, can only take so much, you know, before it collapses, much like a computer. You know, if you keep getting more viruses on your laptop, eventually, you know, the thing's going to crash. It's not going to perform optimally. Or it's similar to, you know, driving a car that's out of alignment. You know, if the, if the wheels are just a little bit out of alignment, you can get away with it, right? You know, you can drive it for a little while. But if you keep on driving it and keep on driving it, you know, over time, it's going to tear up your tires. It's going to tear up your suspension, you know, and, and it could ultimately lead to a wreck, you know, with things being completely out of whack too. And so our health is very much that way. And I feel like chronic stress is one of those kind of domino things in our health where, you know, it can very quickly lead to a lot of other things, you know? So for example, somebody's stressed, you know, then they are, they're, they don't feel like cooking. So they're grabbing stuff in the evening. And so they've blown their, their diet. So they're like, why, why should I even work out? You know? And then it just causes this whole chain reaction of things. I'm curious when you were walking through that, did you ever like blame God or like, God, I'm following you. And yet all of this is happening to me from a health realm. Did you guys battle in that conversation or did you feel like you had clarity? Okay. No, definitely. Cause it was years, you know, in that the hardest symptoms for me were, it was the endometriosis. So I always, always had bad cycles, but when that happened, when I had the Lyme disease, West Nile and all the other things all at once, it, it very, um, the next cycle drastically changed. And so I went from, you know, I could like take a mitle and sleep it off to, you know, I'm on the floor, uh, every 21 days, not able to move for hours, turning blue from the pain, um, projectile vomiting sometimes from the pain, completely paralyzed on the floor. And no one, you know, there was nothing anyone could do. There was no pain med. There was nothing in that. And so, you know, it was like weeks turned into months that turned into years, years of that. And it was, it was hard. It was grueling. And I think it's, you know, if we're honest, we all get in those places, right? When we, um, we question God and we start to wonder, and that's where the enemy comes in at times, you know, and you wonder like, is he good? Have I done something wrong? You know, what is he punishing me? You know, and what I think the big one that um, can be dangerous is that, you know, is he, is he good in that, you know, and it's, and it's the cool thing about God is it's, he's big enough to handle those hard questions. And so I took those things, you know, to him in that. And it was, it was, again, there were little glimpses of things in it, but that of all that I went through, of all the other things, I didn't even have mentioned all of them. That was the hardest. I mean, just spending five, six, seven, eight hours on the floor, you know, in that um, feels, feels really hopeless in that. So it's, it's just been amazing to be able to help other people through it and be on the other side. And it's just why I'm so, so passionate about helping other, especially women, not to have to walk through the stuff that I went to, went through, because it's, it's, it's hard. It can be really dark and devastating and, and isolating. isolating. 100%. And especially having someone, whether it's a spouse or a loved one or a friend who's like seeing you in that state that they feel helpless. And then they're questioning mm-hmm. God of like, God, like I, I know that you said the greater in me than it was in him. And I want to heal and I want to fix. I want to create or sustain for this person. And then not having that ability to see change. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though it's happening, but just in that like granular level, right? It's like, 
you see a baby and they change so fast from the first time you see them to the third time you see them um, if they're a friend of yours. But then we as adults don't look to change very much. And yet God can be working in the same instantaneous amount of time. Um, it just mm-hmm. takes more of that inside work for us to be able to have faith. And so it's really just that mustard seed through the dark um, that gets you to the other side. I'm curious, like when you were in the evolution and the years later, was there like an awakening moment or was it more just like compounding benefits that were finally to a place where you could breathe and sustain and not have to deal with that pain? It was, yeah, there was a couple things. So he hasn't spoken to me, I would say audibly, you know, many times in my life, the one was your home and there's been a few others in that. Um, but there he spoke to me. So I'd been praying for years, you know, do, do I need to have a hysterectomy? Do I, or, or am I supposed to have kids? You know, cause we, we were always kind of up in sure. the, up in the air with that. And, um, and obviously, you know, I was dealing with infertility too, with yeah. endometriosis. And so just didn't have a piece about that for years. And that's where I didn't go down that path because I didn't have, I didn't feel like I had the green light. And so I continued to suffer and suffer and suffer, prayed about it, prayed about it, prayed about it. And then it was, it was finally in, um, it was 2019 that I was praying and God said, cut it out. And I was like, Oh, okay. All right. It's time. And then it was interesting to see this series of things that had happened. The, um, an expert had moved back to Charlottesville that had been working in Atlanta and, and I really didn't want to have to travel long distance. So that aligned, you know, when I finally ended up having my surgery, it was literally like two days before the entire world shut down. And so I feel so grateful that I, you know, I was one of the last surgeries in the nation, you know, to happen because I don't know that I would have been able to make it through COVID, you know, with another two years of hopelessness, you know, with laying on on the floor every three weeks, you know, that, that really, that really got old, you know, and then, like I said, then him after the surgery, him speaking that to me that, you know, I'm going to do something new. Like, Mm -hmm. do you see it? Wait, watch, you know, wait and see what I, what I do through this, that this, you know, God wastes nothing. And it's, Sometimes I think you you get to you can get to a point in your life where you walk through some hard stuff or you're in the middle of something hard and you think like God could never use this or you know your story's over and that's often when when God really chooses to work in and through you. Yeah, so talk to us about this word that you utilize associated to that truth is this idea of leverage um, and, and it being a component of him utilizing this this hurt and this pain and this struggle for leverage towards what's to come. So meaning like how practically you could, you know, what what are some takeaways for people? Like if they're yeah, walking. Yeah, or just I, you had mentioned how God can leverage your biggest challenge for your greatest yeah. purpose. Yeah. Well, for me, I think it's a series of a few things. Um, if it's okay, I'll mention them. There's maybe like five or six that yeah, kind of pop, please, pop please. Up and come to mind. You know, so first, you know, it's it's really, do you know God? You know, do you have that relationship with God first? Um, and do you know him intimately? You know, has your life been changed by by the cross? And there's, you know, there's a really big difference um, the, the way my past was of just knowing about God and having the head knowledge and actually having an intimate relationship with him in the same way that like you can know all the Tom Brady stats, right? You know, but it's very different than knowing everything about his career and like being one of his close inner circle friends. That's good. Yeah. Radically, radically different in that. And so, you know, it's, it's first, you know, knowing God so that he can really, you know, move in and through you in your life, you know, because he's got a purpose and a plan for all of us. I think it's, for me, this was so crucial in the middle of the, the 
dark seasons that seemed like they went on forever, you know, is focusing on God's truth. You know, our feelings are fickle and um, they can get out of control, right? You know, and 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 just really focusing on, you know, God's goodness and how he's the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. And so, you know, I had to really meditate on scripture. And so the, uh, there were times when, you know, my health was at its worst or thinking back when my dad was dying, you know, and if you've ever lost a loved one, you know, those last, you know, few days or months or whatever, there's this grueling. And I remember at that time, you know, I was just thinking like every day, it was like, how am I going to get through this, you know, sort of thing. And I had verses with me everywhere. I had them, I had them in my purse, I had them on my phone. I had a sticky note on the dash of my car. I had a sticky note on my, on my computer. I had sticky notes in the bathroom. Like that's just where I was, the headspace that it was, it was so hard that I had to see his truth everywhere, you know, and really to meditate on that. And the, the, the awesome thing about that is, you know, our feelings follow, right? You know, we can focus on God's truth and then, and not feel it, but eventually they follow suit in that too. And I think it's, it's, um, it's asking him to reframe the situation too, because, you know, we're, our, our vantage point is so small down here, right? You know, and it's, it's so hard to see his eternal perspective and what he's doing. And so it's not focusing really on our circumstances, but instead focusing on who God is. And like you talk about a lot on your podcast, whose we are you know, in that and claiming, you know, and claiming that and then kind of changing the, the why to what, if I'm honest, I think a lot of us too, right? It's so easy to get into the why, 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 why God is this happening? Why are they acting this way? Why, you know, and you just get in this spiral because that's a really easy thing to do with the whys and instead changing it to a what, you know, what God are you trying to show me through this? What do you want me to see? How do you want to use this, you know, and changing it to a different question. And then there's a couple more that kind of come to mind if we have time that I can yes, share. Yes, it's so good. I'm like, you guys better be taking notes over there. This is great. <laughs> yeah. I think it's um, the second to last one is really kind of thinking of others, you know, and God always wants us to be thinking about others. And the um, I'm a visual person, so I like to think of having our antennas up. You know, I know on the days that I'm not looking for those divine appointments, they don't typically happen. Like if we are alert and we're asking for those things and we're asking, you know, for God to use us, he will answer and he'll put people in our paths. And it seems it seems really counterintuitive, especially in your, if you're in the middle of it, you're in a dark place and you're really, you know, it's hailing overhead and you're, you're struggling, you know, to think about, you know, others um, in that. But the beautiful thing that I found in that is there's, there's healing for them in that as you're able to comfort them with the comfort that you've received, you know, and encourage them, but there's healing for you as we, um, you know, we leverage our stories, you know, and it's really just asking God for those divine appointments, asking him, is there one person that I can encourage today? One person that I can encourage this week? Hey, I've got to go pick up my kids up at, you know, whatever today. Show me one person that I can, you know, talk to and connect with and maybe just bless them today and that sort of thing too. And it will change, you know, it would completely change your lens. Makes me think of the, uh, it was a Joyce Meyer like years ago where I just picture her doing the like, what about me? What about me? Yes. You know, the robot thing, you know, and honestly in the flesh, that's our default, right? You know, yeah. we wake up and it's like, what about me? What about yeah, me? In that. And so it just makes you look up and look out, you know, to others and just yeah. don't be afraid to let God use it, you know, to use your story. I think, um, 
you know, as women too, it's just tempting to want to like hide your scars and hide the hard things that, that you've been through, but we've all been through stuff and you live around, you know, live long enough. Like you're going to go through some stuff, right? There's uh, none of us have arrived, but I really believe it's the, you know, often it's in those hard places in our lives that God will birth those passions and those purposes for something far greater, far, far greater in that, that he's got a purpose and a plan, you know, and, and he's yeah. got a, he's good in that. He is, he is. And it's, it's really interesting. The very last piece that you're talking about associated to like, let him use it is yeah. that release component. It's like continued mm-hmm. surrender because even as you become, mm-hmm. and you finally got into another side of health or you've gotten to another side of the story, or maybe you're even in the midst of it is like, the enemy is trying to attack you in those spaces. And that's why that's so good to talk about the truth of God, the affirmations that you had around you to, to really resonate and be meditating on his word, because otherwise you're going to stay stuck in the shame. You're going to stay stuck in the comparison. You're going to stay stuck in the dark. And the intention is like, if we can put these things in the light, you actually find out like very quickly, actually, how you are not alone. And it's the moment that you say something out loud that that thing goes viral or that thing becomes the isolating factor for somebody to not go through the same exact situation that you did because you were brave enough to speak out about it. And so you become then the resource that and the conduit to which we get to point people back to God, which is ultimately the whole reason that he says to testify. Right. And so I just think that's incredible. And I really love Likes your comment of your feelings follow, right? Like mm-hmm. we are actually the ones in control of our feelings, not the other way around. And oftentimes we're taught otherwise, or we're taught to suppress them and mm-hmm. then not understand or read them at all. And I do think that we were given the ability to have emotion and to feel with full purpose from God to help and connection of who he is and the character traits in which he follows in suit of those, but that we are in control of our mind and have that ability and to release it to him to understand the, the what versus the why. I think that is so good. That's so true. It is. And you know, he's always writing a story, I think, in it through all of us in that I just, we've all got a voice and a story. So it's just a matter of not being afraid, not being afraid to use it and finding your voice. And I think that antenna component of like taking that perspective, like going back to that 30,000, 50,000 foot lens Mm -hmm. and like standing at like, how does my play of showing up and actually saying yes to the breath has been given to me on purpose today? How does my showing up for that one person actually affect the trajectory of the entire plan, Mm -hmm. right? When we step out of alignment and we become back into that me centered space of, of what about me? What about me? It's this understanding that we're actually one block other people's blessings. We're acting in disobedience. We're not stepping out of the boat. And recently someone said this to me and I had never thought about it, that like God works in duplicates. He works in multiplication factors that there's always two, just like two by two of the animals. There's a second, a David and a Saul, a Saul and a David, um, and a Moses, Moses and a Joshua that he works in two. And that if you don't actually step in to what he's calling you into, because we do have free will, he already has somebody else planned to step into that gap when you don't say yes. And I was like, whoa, when I heard that, because I'm like, holy cow, where am I not stepping into that he's actually having to tap someone else who it wasn't their first destiny, but it will be their last. And it just kind of blew my mind and shook me for a moment of like, where am I not stepping up to the plate today? 
Yeah, it's it's true. It's you know that the whole God doesn't need us, right, to accomplish yeah. His mission here on Earth and with people, but we get to partner with Him in that. And you, to your point, you wonder how many things you're missing. You know, we don't have our antennas up, and we're yeah. we're not paying attention. And He tags somebody else. You know, who's ready and waiting? Yeah, and there are plenty who are like, God, send me, right? They're ready. Yeah. And and I think that it's so beautiful that you've got come to the place through all of the different components of your testimony to be able to show up and show out for him in such a beautiful way. And so I want people to be able to follow along. I want them to utilize you in the resources that I know that you have. Can you talk to us a bit about like what you do now through health coaching and how you can be a resource and an aid to these um, these incredible listeners at the podcast? Definitely. So as I mentioned, you know, I'm fiercely passionate about just helping professional women um, really just find balance, reduce their stress levels, optimize their sleep, you know, just reclaim their health ultimately so they can live their best life and they can walk in their purpose and their passion in that too. And so that, you know, my, my specialties really are stress and resilience and in sleep optimization and, the, and, you know, I've got some great free resources online for them too. And, and I work um, one-on-one as well with a lot of different clients. Unbelievable. Yeah. You guys, you have to go just check out for all the resources, the writing that she does. She's got a whole hub on her site of just insight. And I think sleep optimization is like everyone can raise their hand to that, but associated to like gut and self-love and, you know, avoiding cravings. And so it's, it really is a resource tool for you all. So please make sure that you're tapping into the links all provided below on the show, in the show notes and get in touch with April. Uh, Where do you hang out most? Are you on socials or um, all over. So it just yeah. depends. Um, for people listening, you know, they can connect with me on my pod, uh, my website at aprillikens.com slash podcasts. You can uh, reach out to me too on Instagram at uh, it's glow be lovely. It's different than my name. I just left it the way it is, but um, you can definitely reach out there too. And, you know, if anybody's struggling with just things like stress and sleep and balance and just feeling like they're not sure where to start, I offer a free one-on-one consultation too, where we can kind of dive into what's going on, what might be holding you back, you know, and some next steps too, as well. So good. And I think, you know, I, I am so blessed with the community that um, has just come alongside me in this journey and so many who just feel so activated mm-hmm. and purpose driven. And yet there are these limiting factors of body, mind that is keeping them inhibited. Right. And so mm-hmm. I love the niche that you've carved out and the people that you want to serve. And it's obviously directly connected to where you've been and obviously mm-hmm. to where God has you going. Um, I would love to is just this understanding of like, as you continue to say yes to him and you're in that exploration phase is to know that you have got a family here. We're so grateful for um, women like yourself who just show up to say yes every single day and they're not afraid to say yes to the gospel in the process. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty amazing and I'm grateful to get to know you. Yes. I'm looking forward to staying in touch too. And and for anybody that's listening, if anything resonated in my story or there's anything that was encouraging, you know, reach out. It's always good to hear feedback and hear takeaways too. So don't hesitate to. Yes. You guys leave a review. Yeah. Leave a review, hang out and tag April. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Kelly, who's listening live, she's dropping a bunch. Thank you. She said, it's been great. This has been a blessing. Um, And she has a lot of relation factors. So Kelly, be sure to touch base with April and we are just blessed to have you and get to know you. April, thanks so much for spending your time with us on the Fit and Face Shop podcast. We'll chat soon. Thank you for having me, Tamara. It was awesome. Take care.
Need more of God's power in your life? I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical tips on how to grow your faith through prayer. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.